Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. I certainly appreciate seeing you again tonight, and I always appreciate the opportunity to get up after my daughters, the daughters, the girls, also known as Mariah and Cherith, have an opportunity to share their heart and message and song, and I I pray that uh, the message of these uh, special musics that they present will also ring in your hearts just as their voices ring in our ears. Take your Bibles with me tonight to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I trust that images and voices and sounds and faces and places that we put together for you to see places where we have been, places where we have seen people we have sat with, whether they be the uh, pygmy tribe in the Congo or the, uh, the Wasi in Tanzania or any number of other places, Burundi, Rwanda, Kenya, uh, even in the Middle East and various countries where we have sat and listened to the salvation uh, testimonies of those who have come out of Islam, come out of, uh, of uh, atheism, those who have come out of tribalism. And then we talk to others who are still steeped and blinded by Satan's power by these religions and by uh, these uh, false assumptions that you could understand that when Jesus looked and saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion on them, it was because they fainted, it was because they were scattered, and it was because they had no shepherd. And it was in that state that Christ called on us to pray for laborers to go into these harvest fields. And we're gonna talk about that for some time tonight as time permits. Let's back up and start in verse number nine and read down to verse 13, and then we'll jump to the end of the chapter. We'll take a moment to pray, and then we'll get into our message tonight. Matthew chapter nine, starting in verse number nine. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Drop down with me to verse number 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples. Now let me ask you, who was one of those disciples that we just read about? What was his name? Matthew. So he saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we take these few minutes to set aside and focus our attention, our hearts, our eyes, our entire person on the message found inside of your inspired, preserved word for us. Simply speak to us with that simple voice and help us to respond with gladness and obedience in Jesus' name. Amen. The Gospel Furthering Fellowship focuses intentionally on the far corridors of the world. We do that on purpose, believing that no one deserves to hear the gospel. But those who do hear it repeatedly don't deserve to hear it more than those who have never heard it even one time. This morning, I mentioned the life of J. Hudson Taylor, missionary in China. He was one of many in his era that can be said about him that God worked because he pled with the lost. He prayed to his Lord and he plodded in his labor. Taylor said this about prayer. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. So tonight we're going to simply look at the compassion Jesus displayed and desired his people to display that manifested in mercy, that compassion may convince us to count the cost of moving forward with missions, with integrity, and with empathy. I would like for us to start with this point where Jesus calls us to heed the call of his compelling voice. Heed the call of his compelling voice. When we look back up in this chapter of Matthew chapter 9, we see that voice that, that Jesus used to call upon someone who he knew. He studied. He understood who he was and where he was in life, and he called to him to follow me. So Jesus calls Matthew to follow him. For Matthew, that was not just a call to leave his sinful life and be saved, but to be Jesus's disciple and being trained for missionary service. Look at verse number nine. In verse number nine, we see 
that this calling cost Matthew his occupation in which he had been trained and excelled for a ministry where he would become a student again and start all over in life. In verse number nine, we see that this calling to follow Christ in salvation and service, it also cost Matthew his investments. It cost him his investments in that where he had always made financial decisions based on his own personal need alone, now he is sacrificing his privacy, his personal space, and even his possessions in order to bring other sinners to Christ. We see that Christ's call on him to salvation and service, this also cost Matthew his associations, in that those with whom he previously felt comfortable in fellowship, the Pharisees, now he uh, and his Savior are held in derision by them because of a loss of association with them and now with sinners and publicans. And so first we see that Matthew heeded the call of Christ's compelling voice follow me, follow me. And what was Matthew's response? It simply says, he followed him. In salvation, he received a brand new life, but with that salvation came a call to service, and that is to be a missionary to those who are lost. My first point is heeding the call of his compelling voice. Secondly, is hearing the care in his compassionate voice. Hearing the care in his compassionate voice. As we continue to look now at verse number 12, we see where Matthew heard the voice and made the choice for spiritual wholeness over spiritual meekness. Look with me in verse number 12. The, public, uh, the, the Pharisees don't understand why Jesus and his disciples are eating with publicans and sinners like Matthew. And Jesus, when he heard this, he said, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Who is he talking about? He's talking about those who would come uh, to eat in order to hear more about the message of Christ. But listen, he's talking about Matthew He's talking about Matthew. Matthew was sick. And now, because he heard the voice of Christ, follow me. He forsook his table. He forsook his associations. He forsook all that he had, and he followed Christ. He was sick, and he was made whole. What do we hear? We hear the care in the compassionate voice of Christ calling for sickened sinners to be made whole. Verse number 13, he heard the voice and he made the choice for God's mercy through repentance instead of living in sin while thinking he could appease him through performing sacrifice. Jesus goes on to explain, what does he say here? Go and learn what it means. I will have mercy 
and not sacrifice, for I'm not call, come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew was a publican. He was a tax collector. He had chosen a job that was repugnant because of its sinful status. And he chose that life in order to achieve greatness, to achieve riches, to, to heap riches to himself in that position. But when Jesus came and he called him, his sickness to be whole, and to leave his life of wickedness and sinfulness, thinking that if he, would, if he lived in sinfulness, but then he gave of the riches that he gained from his sinful life in the temple sacrifices, then his God would be appeased looking at the good that he did and turn a blind eye to what he was doing wrong. But this is what Jesus said. Hey, God says this, I will have mercy, not sacrifice. I will not be appeased by closing my eyes to your sinfulness. Instead, I want you to repent of your sinfulness and find mercy. And then from a state of salvation and mercy, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Hear the voice of Jesus, his compassionate voice for sickened sinners. So we hear first, we heed the call of his compelling voice, follow me. It'll cost you your occupation, your investments, your associations like it did Matthew. But hear the care and his compassionate voice for sickened sinners. Stop living a life of self-seeking sinfulness, thinking that you can appease God by doing right once to, to atone for a continued life in sin. Jesus says, hear my caring voice and instead, let me have mercy on you. Repent, turn from your life of sin, come and follow me, and you will find mercy. Isn't that a great verse that we find here where Jesus says, I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then thirdly, we see uh, Matthew where he was willing to help by being cast forth, following his calling voice. Look down in verse number 35. Verse number 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. Who was listening as Jesus was teaching? Matthew. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Who was listening to the preaching of this gospel of the kingdom? Matthew. And Jesus was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Well, who was seeing Jesus do these things? Matthew. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because the multitudes fainted. Who had been living a life fainting? Matthew and they were scattered abroad. Who is living a life of scatteredness? Matthew, and as sheep having no shepherd. Listen, who is living his life with no shepherd? Matthew. 
Then saith unto his disciples, among whom we find Matthew, that sickened sinner now made whole, that sinner now who found mercy, not someone who justified his life as if he was righteous, but he recognized his need to follow Christ and be saved and serve him. And now as a saved servant of Christ, witnessing Jesus Christ having compassion, he recognized I had been fainting, I had been scattered, I had no shepherd, and Jesus now points us to these multitudes of people who was just like me, faint, scattered, having no shepherd. And Jesus looks at his disciples. I imagine that Matthew felt the eyes piercing through him when he said to them all, but to Matthew, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few, Matthew. The laborers are few. Pray ye all, but Matthew, pray. The Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers. Someone, I don't know, I don't know who, who can be a laborer to the faint? Who can be a laborer to those who are scattered? Who can be a laborer to someone, to those multitudes who have no shepherd? You can imagine Matthew's hearing that voice that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Imagine God seeing a sickened sinner ready to repent and be saved, calling him to follow him into salvation and service only to show him other sickened sinners who need saving, multitudes of them who are scattered abroad. And then he says, hey, would you pray that God would send some laborers into this harvest field? You might say as an individual, well, I'm like Matthew. I was a sickened sinner saved by God's mercy. Also, like Matthew, I have decided to follow Christ. Well, let me ask you, where is Christ leading that you cannot follow? Where is Christ calling that you cannot answer? Jesus is leading us to the scattered multitudes. What can you do to follow? Let me give you four quick things, and really they're mostly a review from different things that I said this morning. But just like my children learn through repetition, sometimes before they did something wrong, sometimes after they did something wrong, Sometimes while they're doing it wrong. But yet repetition is one of the keys to learning. There are four things that were mentioned that I'll mention again, even tonight. Number one, seek the opportunity to bring the gospel to the lost in your own community. 
we don't know from where or whom the next missionary will come. They might be in our church, but they might be in our community still lost, needing to hear the gospel and be a sick and sinner saved and ready to follow Christ. Number two, disciple and direct the children and youth of your own church. We don't know Christ, but don't we know that Christ calls tomorrow's missionaries from the churches of today? Is your church the exception to that rule? Does Christ see it as an exception to the rule or do you see it as yourself as an exception to that rule? You know, a tree that's a thousand years old still brings, its, brings forth its fruit in its season. And so whether a, a, a tree is 10 years old or a thousand years old, the fruit that it bears is only as old as that season. There, though our church may be a hundred years old and maybe those in our church are not as spry as they used to be, but yet look at yourselves as the living organism as the local church of the living God. And Jesus Christ, who is eternal, who is, is eternal in his existence and will always be eternal, and he is the head of us, and he is willing and he is able to hear the prayers of his saints who will deliberately disciple and direct their own children and youth towards serving in the uttermost. He can do that. Thirdly, surrender and set apart your own children and grandchildren in your care. The best way to see someone commit all to go for uh, uh, all to go is for them to inherit your own convictions and visions. Make sure that your convictions and visions is to follow Christ to the unreached multitudes. And then finally, pray for the Lord to lead you to serious-minded servants who are already willing to lay down their life for Christ's sake in the gospel that you may partner with them to propel them on their way to needy countries where there are people waiting to hear the gospel for the first time in their lives. No one deserves to hear the gospel even once, but no one deserves to hear it over and over and over again more than those who have never heard. Hudson Taylor said this. Are you listening? When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. Are you willing to allow God to work? Right here. And do what only God can do. Supernaturally, divinely, spiritually a work that he has promised to accomplish. He has begun a good work in you. We'll be faithful to do what? To finish it, to continue it, to perform it all the way until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have considered these few things, 
the compassion that Jesus had, compassion that compels, compelling voice, compassionate voice, a calling voice. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we, we would heed the call, we would hear the care, and we would help by being cast forth into the harvest field. We know that you as the Lord of the harvest wishes to send forth, to cast forth laborers into your harvest. Help us to be intentional, purposeful, and unyielding in our commitment to that task. We pray in Jesus' name.